0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to our sport and business leadership webinar. I hope you're well on this Wednesday, wherever in the world we may find you. Now, we've got a terrific panel assembled for the next hour. Time to introduce you to some of our panelists. Uh, Nick Scott is here as well, uh, Head of Performance Support at British Rowing, two years at the EIS in Loughborough and uh, the Olympics and Paralympics programs there and as performance manager at the Royal Yachting Association. That, for me, sounds like the best job ever, the Royal Yachting Association. Uh, Nick, I've no idea why you ever uh, stopped doing that. That sounds a fantastic role.
1: Well, as with anything, uh, the truth is somewhat different from what you see on the outside. But no, certainly good and learnt a lot that uh, we tried to bring and apply in the other offsets.
0: Yeah, well, look, thank you very much, all, all four of you for being with us this afternoon, and we're going to have a, a good discussion around, I think your leadership styles, the way you use data in your roles and a bit about your sports and, uh, and what you get up to, if that's all right. So a bit about what you do and why you do it. And now we've got uh, a little bit of research that we've done to uh, start things off and uh, scary graphics, perhaps, but I think we can uh, run through just a little bit of the detail that's come up. From uh, some of the research that's been done, we've asked uh, a series of questions of business leaders and decision makers, so executives and management level uh, de- decision makers and business leaders. And uh, some interesting uh, results have come up from that. Uh, and I'll just uh, run you through a couple of the headlines that, for instance, 40% of organizations. Uh, relying on gut instinct which uh, is an interesting one and a couple of other things an increase in the use of analytics uh, since the global pandemic began uh, of 33% so uh, obviously the pandemic's created a fair bit of uncertainty and uh, everyone turning to uh, data analytics what well, not everyone 33% of people turning to uh, data analytics as, as a potential solution. I'm really interested in data analytics. Uh, as opposed to gut instinct uh nick in the gb rowing camp, and i'm trying to play question of sport here i think you've got a picture of heather standing and i presume off shot we've got a picture of helen glover as well uh two quite different personalities who had an enormous amount of success uh, in a boat together and i think of the gb rowing squad you, you've got some of them who number crunch all day don't you I think Mo Sabihi is renowned for loving stats and data Uh, and and others, I think Will Satch might be another, I don't think I'm letting any secrets out here, who who prefers the whole gut instinct and the the more raw side of it. Is that fair? You've got very different characters in the camp who deal with data in different ways.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I guess the the core thing with sport, and to be honest with a lot of businesses, I think is that actually we're in the people business so we have to target what we do based on the people that are in front of us in order to get the best out of them so having one single way of doing things is is never going to work for everyone so you have to be able to adapt and flex based on who you've got in front of them and what they need in order for them to take the next step and really that's that's the art of coaching for me is knowing what you need to do when to get the best out of someone and using all the tools at your disposal and I guess if I go back to something Pat said, I thought he stole it from my book. I don't know if you've been reading my notes, Pat, but um, for, for us, we're, we're not data driven. We're data informed and we use data to help us make decisions, but ultimately we have to make the decisions and not expect the data to tell us what the decision is we have to make. We'll talk a little bit more
0: about the impact in in a few minutes time. So a couple of the headlines there, 40% of organizations relying uh, still on gut instinct and the 33% of uh, analytics increase if you like there's a a net increase since the pandemic has begun which perhaps isn't a a massive surprise and uh, if we move on to the next slide as well you've got uh, a couple more graphics here that we can have a little look through I mean clearly uh, and I'm feeling it right now I think we're all feeling it regularly uh, those of us who are working from home that must have changed leadership styles for all of us Um, Nick I've got to ask you I've been really interested in the GB rowers and how they've reacted to this. Because I think the first thing that happened was um, the guy who uh, looks after all your kits and the transporting of the boats all around Europe regularly had to drive around everybody's home and drop off an ergo so that they could all train at home. And from there, you put together some pretty rigorous and detailed plans. Just explain about uh, tra- GB rowers training in their back gardens with gazebos up so they didn't get sunburnt all uh, on their own listening to terrible music.
1: Yeah, it's interesting hearing Martina and Pat and, and their uh, their reflections, because there's so much common, I think, because everyone was facing the same thing, weren't they? And we all had to just deal with what was in front of us. And from that moment when lockdown happened, um, it was just the same for everyone. Everyone's in the same boat, whether in the same storm, and it's how you faced it. And I think the, initially, it was just crisis management, really. It was like, right, the Olympics, we don't know if they're happening. We've uh, we've got to get out to people to keep training. Otherwise, we're going to lose the edge. Um, And it was all hands to to the deck, grabbing all the kit we could, getting it out, getting people so that they could keep training in the real short term. Uh, And like so many people had to get in their cars, load up, get kit around in order to make it happen. Um, The the next phase then was really one of, right, let's try and think about what we're we're doing. Like, what what are the problems? What are the things that we need to take this opportunity to address uh, now, given that we still don't know if the Olympics are going to Go ahead because at that point in march we really didn't um and it's going back to your routine uh routine comment pat was that that was a big thing that the the athletes said they valued was the consistency of the program but also with that a bit of flexibility too so uh, the program that was shared had like specific sessions but also like free optional sessions where you had to work with your coach and with your physiologist to understand what the best thing for you was and how you use that session in order to improve your own profile. So moving from what's quite a rigid structure in Cavisham before lockdown to having a lot more freedom and ability for people to really look at what their gaps were and, and look to fill them. And so this whole idea of this is an opportunity, like you've got a chance eventually to, to do Olympic year again. So how are you going to use that opportunity and what are you going to do differently to, to try and close the gap on the rest of the world? And Nick, tell me a little bit about the technology that you've employed so that you could
0: stay in touch with the athletes, both as people. So I'm guessing you have the odd Zoom meetup uh, and a more social meeting style, but also their data are churning out. So I know you uh, work them hard and they have to sit on their ergos for hours at a time. And you at HQ like to keep an eye on what sort of work rates they're pumping out and and perhaps this ties in a little bit more closely with the data analytics and the GB rowing partnership with SAS. Tell us a little bit about the technology you've been using over the last few months to enable you to do your job effectively.
1: Yeah, so it probably. um, Lockdown in a way hit at quite a good time for us because we've been in uh, developing our data infrastructure and all of our tools behind the scenes for a long time. So for four or five years, we've been trying to improve how we collect, store, and analyze data. Um, and the the challenge that we were facing uh, in its implementation was this routine idea. And we had an, a fixed way of working that people were comfortable with that delivered what was needed in the short term. Uh, and therefore, there was no real need to change. And I think when lockdown happened, that the world the world changed and the need changed. And suddenly, we had to do things differently. We couldn't rely on collecting information by being physically present with someone we had to find different ways of of getting that information and looking more longitudinally about how people were progressing in order to help them actually plan their optimal sessions better. optional sessions better so um the using tools like uh like google the google suite which allows multiple people to input into to uh, sheets and databases in order to collect data and then plug it into our data store and look at longitudinal trends over different kind of physiological metrics that we captured um, became kind of normal. So people were used to looking at, okay, this is how my standard UT2 session is progressing over time. uh, And therefore I can feel comfortable with where I'm at, or I can speak to the coach about maybe tweaking my optional session in order to get a bit more out of myself before the end of the year. And I think the real, the real benefit that that we all saw from that was athletes taking more ownership so not being spoon fed and actually kind of having to reach out and engage with their coaches and with the support staff to get the most out of them um and also also actually in results so i don't know if people would have seen but um we had one athlete tom george break the british record uh the 2k ergo british record in his garage uh, and then two months later Mosabihi he then took it off again so uh, so just the the ability to train effectively in lockdown was clearly there, and it was because of everything that it bred in terms of behaviors and how they engaged with their, their coaches and their support team.
0: With technology as it is, you could almost run the Olympic Games out of people's garages all around the world, couldn't you? In a strange sort of a way. Yeah. Might not be imagine that. <laughs> Let's hope it doesn't come to that. Nick, just to finish uh, from you as well, the same question for you. Is there, is there one bit of data that you have? I know you have an enormous amount of data flooding in every day. What, what's the first bit of data that you, you go to? What, what's your uh, your go to data?
1: Well, I think there's a go going back to the last question. Actually, there's a, a real opportunity in uh, the world of rowing to um, to use data to inform uh, that bigger crew selection. So if you imagine a. An eight, say you've got eight different people for plus a cox uh, all of whom need to be perfectly in sync need to have the right force profiles and how they um deliver their stroke uh, and need to be fully connected and there's a lot of feel that goes into that at the moment and um it's experience it comes from coaches understanding what they need to see and what they don't and we have the instrumentation to be able to add insight to that with data and to be able to model potential combinations that can then be considered by a coach in order to then make a decision so for me that's that's one of the key opportunities going forward is how we can start to simulate different ideas and combinations for then coaches to look at consider and make informed decisions on yeah so making everything
0: more objective and less subjective i suppose a bit more measurable and uh actually that yeah for me it's, it's adding
1: um So I was going to say, it's just, it's adding information to help people make better decisions. So it's not taking away from decisions, it's adding information to help the decision-making process. Well, look, thank you very much, uh, all four of our panelists,
0: uh, Charles Senabullia from SAS, and Martina McCarthy, and Nick Scott, and Pat Lamb as well. If we were in normal times, we'd be on a stage and there'd be uh, whooping and hollering and uh, huge rounds of applause and the shout of more, more, more. uh, But not today. Uh, so just imagine that and thank you very much really appreciate your time and your fascinating insights into your lives and your leadership and your coaching and your use of data analytics so uh, thank you very much for your time and good luck with all your various projects over the next 12 months i wish you all the very best uh for all of those that you're undertaking thank you very much for your company this afternoon we've got more information on sas.com so if you want to find out more then sas.com is the place to head I hope you have a really good day and thanks very much for your participation.